All right, Joe, what we're going to do is we'll have you start us off with sneaky starts and sits for this week, championship week. If Joe Brady gets to the podium while you're talking, we'll just kind of go there and we'll come back and we'll uh, kind of finish up. So we will bring you Joe, Ra- Joe Brady, everybody. In the meantime, okay, Joe, everybody's right. in a lot of fantasy leagues, I think, you know, who plays fantasy football. A lot of people are. Yep. I lost in my semifinals of my big league last week that I'm in every year that I, you know, it was really bothered me. Yep. This week, I am playing for the championship of the Bills Media League against John Scott. What do you got for me? All right. We have got championship By the way, one week. division. I want to shout out real quick. I want to shout out mm-hmm. Perino and Warow are also playing. There's 24 people, two, to, two leagues essentially. Right. Our championship, me against John, and then the other championship, Warow and Perino. So good job on them. Give us what you got, who we need to avoid, who we need to start. All right. A couple of bills on our list. A couple of players tonight. A one player that features tonight. Thursday Night Football, Jets and Browns, Championship Week. Tried to pin this down to players that I think could reasonably be still alive. There are some guys where, like Justin Jefferson. I mean, I would never have him on starts and sits anyway. There are almost no teams in their finals with Justin Jefferson. I mean, it would have been... You probably had needed Puka Nakua to survive Jefferson's injury mid-season to get to the end here. Uh, so these are mostly guys that are, I think, going to be alive still. Starting with some starts. I, the theme of the starts is don't get too cute at the end here, even when you think you might want to. I'm putting Stefan Diggs on my starts list. The reason I almost didn't do it isn't even because of performance-based reasons. It's, I don't know how many teams are alive now with Diggs. The reason I'm going to be willing to do it, though, is a team that I have in the finals this week does have Stephon Diggs on it. So it is possible I've done it, despite the fact that Stephon Diggs is wide receiver 51 in the last six weeks. But why is he in my starts? The rule of thumb for me with receivers in fantasy is don't have your judgment clouded by just the yards and the touchdowns. Chase target share. Chase route participation rates. You're chasing opportunity. And while Diggs has not been efficient by any means... He is still top level at both target share, and he is still playing 70-plus percent of every game, and he is running routes. I mean, a lot of the plays he doesn't play are run plays, where Trent Shurfield comes in for him, or maybe Gabe Davis stays on the field in a certain package. Diggs is going to get his opportunity. And the matchup this week is one that has been favorable to him in the past. Ian Harditz from Fantasy Life, tweeted out the numbers on Diggs yesterday that he has gone 7 for 85, 7 for 92, 7 for 104, 6 for 58, and a touchdown in each of those performances. Those are his last four games against Bill Belichick's Patriots. I mean, even when, remember when J.C. Jackson was like an all-pro level corner and Diggs was just running away from him into the open field, scoring touchdowns. Diggs has always produced against New England. I am rolling with Diggs once again. I'm not getting too cute and taking him out of my lineup. That's the same deal for why I would not panic and I would just play Amari Cooper tonight. You might be afraid to for a couple of different reasons. I mean, one, he might not play at all. If that happens, obviously you take him out. But if he does play, and even if you see, well, it could be a pitch count or something like that, 
I think you got to just ride the hot hand and just go with it. Heel injury, not great, but he has the attention of Joe Flacco, and even in a lot of contested situations. Wide receiver three in fantasy since Joe Flacco took over. He's getting open. He is, as I mentioned, Flacco's throwing him jump balls where he is coming down with the football. And Cooper, I looked at this last year. There were two games where he was a game-time decision. Because I had him in fantasy, so I remember these from last year. And in both games, he scored more than 20 fantasy points. So I don't know that that has to be correlated to tonight. The other reason you might have been thinking, well, injury plus, it's the Jets, right? The Jets are not as daunting as a fantasy matchup as you might think. They're an elite defense, but all year... Sauce Gardner plays one side. They have not been using him to shadow. So, if you want to get your number one wide receiver away from Sauce Gardner, this season, you've been able to do it. And it's why you have seen Tyreek Hill go off for 17 fantasy points against this defense. You've seen Stephon Diggs go off for 16 fantasy points against this defense. You've seen CeeDee Lamb do it. You have seen, I mean, Jalen Waddell's the number two, but he went off a couple of weeks ago. Khalil Shakir, I mean, that's what's one one big catch, actually had the most productive fantasy day anyone's had all year against the Jets defense. So you can have big games as a receiver, and I think Cooper will get away from Gardner. I think he will play, and I think Flacco is going to throw him the football. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield as my third start of the week. He is not being started in many leagues, despite the fact he is in three straight games, scored at least 24 fantasy points. He is really coming into a rhythm. He has connected with Mike Evans all year. Really, before the last couple of weeks, he wasn't finding Chris Godwin. He wasn't finding his tight end, Cade Otten. And the running back, Rashad White, who has actually been a revelation in fantasy this year, it's a lot because they're using him in the pass game, and it is working. And Otten is getting involved at tight end. Godwin is getting his... The, the whole offense in Tampa, really since the Bills game, or even since the first half in the Bills game, has been starting to look pretty efficient. And you have a game here with a 42-point over-under, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for the week it's actually pretty good. Like, tonight's 34. Matthew Stafford, is uh, last week, scored 25 points against this same Saints defense that Mayfield is about to see. So he doesn't run a lot, but... In fantasy this year, you have just been scrambling for quarterback all year if you haven't had like Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. And you could easily have gotten to the championship streaming quarterbacks, and my stream this week would be Baker Mayfield. My stream would not be Trevor Lawrence, and that is where I'm going to begin with my sits. I've had him on here at least once before this season. This week, you might look at Carolina and go, well, that's an easy matchup for Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, I should mention actually before I even get to the matchup, he has a right shoulder sprain, and the reporting has been that he is expected to play through it. He already is playing through two other injuries. Like, the guy, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, is it the long hair? Is it Jacksonville? Is it, I don't <laughs> know, he looks like a surfer? Like, he's not getting any label of being, like, a tough competitor or anything, but that guy is broken right now, and he is still playing through it. So maybe he deserves some credit on that. But when you get to the right shoulder as one of the injuries, now I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. I mean, he's not even right. throwing this week at practice. So what is that going to look like? He's only, and before, when he was healthy, he's only had four top 10 quarterback weeks all year. 
You just don't get much upside. Not much upside. He doesn't have a lot of bust games either, but not a lot of upside. And the production has gone down a little bit without Christian Kirk. Back to the matchup. You might think Carolina is a really favorable matchup. Carolina, surprisingly, has allowed the second fewest points to opposing quarterbacks this year. Maybe that's game script a little bit, so I don't want to go all in with that as the reason. Like, Carolina's got this stout pass defense. It might be that they're always, you know, they're always from behind and no one ever has to pass on them, which also could happen in this game. But I am going to trust that that matchup has not been good for other teams. It's not going to be good here. And I've got a quarterback with a right shoulder sprain who's missing his, his top most consistent wide receiver. I would fade Trevor Lawrence in the championship week. Okay, Joe, we're going to go down to one Bills drive. Eric Washington actually going first here as the Bills have their weekly media availability. Well, maybe we start off, uh, you know, Ed uh, closes the deal uh, last week. Just kind of what did, as you watched the film, what did you like best about Ed's game this past week? The energy. Uh, tremendous energy as a rusher. It's a critical uh, element to being able to win. And he was able to maintain his energy because wherever we are in the football game in two minutes, we need, we need to be at our best as a four-man rush unit, as one-on-one rusher. So the energy was excellent. It always provides population where the ball is. And that's one of the, the blue traits that he has. So that, that was really something gonna- that stood out. All right, we're going to jump in here. I don't think we can uh, get the um, hmm. get the audio quite where we need it for everybody to understand what's going on. But what we will do, Joe, is we will have Eric Washington and Joe Brady available in their entirety on our website, WGR550.com. My apologies for that uh, with the audio situation. But in the meantime, gives us a chance to go back to you for the rest of your sneaky starts and sits. Go ahead. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the Bills game for our next sit. We had Trevor Lawrence as my first sit. I am going to go to Dalton Kincaid. As my next mm. sit of the week. Mm. I got him in this uh, media championship. Yeah. His over-under, by the way, uh, is pretty telling for this week and what the expectation is. Two and a half receptions, 24 and a half yards is Dalton Kincaid's over-under in this game. Now, part of it, before I even get to him, is the matchup New England allows the third fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. This, a lot for me, is... Kincaid with Dawson Knox in in eight games with here here's some stark fantasy stats for you in eight games where both Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid have played this year Dalton Kincaid does not have a single double digit fantasy point game not one wow. in the six games that Dalton that Dawson Knox missed Dalton Kincaid had five double digit fantasy point games and in the last two weeks, I'm not sure it's all Knox being back. I'm sure some of it is. He also was dealing with a wrist injury, right? Wait, wait, do I have that right? Is there, Was it a wrist injury or was it something else? Something on his hand. Yeah, it was um, thumb and wrist, I believe. Thumb and wrist. So maybe the injury has played into a lower snap count, too. But his last two weeks are his two wait lowest. Wait a minute. I, I want to I I ask you a question. Didn't they? Go ahead. They, they both played against New England. It's the game Knox got hurt, and Dalton had eight catches for 75 yards. Oh, you're right. I wonder why I don't have that on my list. No, that's that okay. Right. I just want to make sure Yeah, because I noticed that the other day. But that's that was right. the game that I think that Knox actually, he then got, it was the, you're remember, right. didn't, that was the game where they, they decided after that to put Knox on. You're I, right. I think I screwed something up here where I had, yeah, you're right. I had 
Knox being injured in the Giant game when that was the game Kincaid missed. I think that's where I screwed up. I got up. you. Okay, I just wanted to yeah. correct you on that because I right. because they were playing the Patriots this week. That's why I thought it mattered. Right. So it's one. All right. So to correct that, so it would be one double digit fantasy point game. Got you. for Kincaid. And right, it is against New England. That's fair. Um, and it's four when Knox is not in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. So wrist injury, thumb injury, maybe that's played into it. He. It is. You know, is it a coincidence that? That injury popped up for him, and he dropped a couple of footballs immediately after that. When he basically didn't drop a ball like from training camp to the to week uh, fourteen, right. so that's a little bit noteworthy. But the snap count either way has gone down, and that is where my my worries lie. Forty two percent of the snaps last week, forty nine percent the week before that. Those were his two lowest snap counts by percentage of the season, not including the game that he missed, of course. So the workload not being there, lower numbers by average when Dawson Knox is in the lineup, he's splitting targets. Um, even if it's only a little bit, he is splitting. And the injury, I don't know if that's still you know going around. I don't think he's on the injury report. But I'm going to fade Dalton Kincaid in this matchup. He's not really had – he's not been a top 12 quarterback since week 11 against the Jets. So it has been a little bit for him. And he's not a touchdown or bust guy. All for him is volume and yardage. He's only got two touchdowns on the year, different than a lot of tight ends. But I'm going to go against Kincaid in my lineup this week. And my final sit of the week, a guy that I loved earlier in the season, but since he's come back from injury, he's he's actually looked pretty good to me, but it's pretty clear he's not the go-to running back. And that is Devin Achan in Miami. He... With, he has only had double-digit carries once since he returned from injury. One carry against the Raiders, 17 against Washington. That's the big game he had where he was running back three on the week. Seven, nine, and seven since then. The opportunity is not there compared to Raheem Mostert. And Mostert is expected to play this week despite not practicing yesterday. Achan, I believe it's the same, but he was also a DNP with a toe injury on Wednesday. So we'll see if that becomes anything. You know, if he doesn't play, then you have an easy decision. I'd expect that he would. The matchup is tough as well. Baltimore allows the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. I mean, you can get away with starting Mostert, of course. You know, seventh fewest. I'll start one running back against that defense, but I'm not going to the second guy. And Jeff Wilson, not out of nowhere, but Jeff Wilson has started to siphon some production away as well. Got a couple of big third down plays last week. Um, he ended up in last week was the most touches he had had in a while, but six touches for Jeff Wilson. So you kind of have a three headed monster there. The only one I would really want to play is Mostert. Achan, very boomer bust, but I'm going to bet that bust is going to be more likely on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. So I've got Lawrence, Achan, and Kincaid in my sit column. I've got Diggs, Cooper, and Mayfield for your starts on your, uh, good luck for your uh, fantasy championship. Not to uh, give my opponents any tips or advice here, but I'm looking what to do here if there's anything I really can kind of adjust in this this media championship. And I noticed on some of the sites, a couple of guys that popped up that said, hmm, should think about grabbing these guys and starting them. Let me tell you what you think. Mm-hmm. K.J. Osborne and Wandale Robinson. K.J. Osborne and Wandell Robinson. Robinson, I, I would... And I think Robinson because into. Tyrod, the switch, Tyrod likes to throw to him. Yeah, that's right. He likes Robinson and he likes Slayton um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And the matchup's pretty good. Yeah, seven targets. Actually, if you look at his last four games, Sal, he mm-hmm. is sitting at 23 targets in four games. I mean, he's averaging five targets a game. 
Um, yeah, I like it. I like Robinson. I think it'll be a more productive passing offense, too, with, with Tyrod. DeVito is fun, but I think Tyrod's going to give them a little bit more, like he did last week. Um, Osborne, though, I don't know. I just The Minnesota offense in Green Bay has... Well, I guess no Jair Alexander matters. Like, Osborne <laughs> really only has two games in his last six where he's really been a guy getting heavily targeted. So it's been, it's been more inconsistent. So I guess it depends what you need. If you think you're an underdog, then Osborne looks to be a little more boomer bust while Robinson, because he's getting targets in every game, looks a little safer. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this is the week. I'm thinking, I don't care. Like, I one, I'll just drop whoever I'm not going to play this week to, to grab these guys. I don't have to care about roster next week. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be the mm-hmm. philosophy this week. If somebody's going to be better than the guy you have, then just put him in and drop whoever. And the one guy I do have that I'm like, eh, could have helped me, hasn't, Keenan Allen. We don't know his sat- status yet, but I don't think you should plan on Keenan Allen playing this week, right? I don't think so, no. I, th- I think he's probably toast for the season. I'd imagine they're shutting that down. Yeah. So I thought about, like, dropping him. I'm like, but if I do that, and then, like, John Scott, who I'm playing this week, goes, wait a minute, I'm picking him up to play against you, I'd be a little upset about that if he wound up playing. So some decisions to be made as far as fantasy. <laughs> Excuse me, fantasy football. And the one for the Patriots side, we do know now, Joe, after yesterday's show, we had talked with Evan Lazar about this. And right away, it's funny, I said to Evan, I said, how come they haven't put Ramondre Stevenson on IR? Well, they did that. He's on IR. His season is shut down. They're not, Ramondre Stevenson will not play against the Bills. And can I say, I, I know he hasn't been great. Look at the numbers, actually. The numbers are actually worse than I thought. Zeke hasn't been a disaster in New England. He's just, you know, a guy that they can plug in and play a little bit. And they're all their whole offense is really more of a disaster. But it's not like Zeke came in and like, oh my god, this guy like he he gets two yards and goes backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's been better than I thought. I still am yeah. not threatened by him by any means. Um, and we had Evan Lazar on. You mentioned yesterday, like on Zeke in the ground game. It's just it's not the same that it was. So I think it, it comes down to Zappy for me. Like, well, Z- if they're going to have a day at all on offense, it's basically whether Zappy's going to be able to get guys involved. And listen, their receivers have kind of been a joke, but they're playing better lately. Devontae Parker's made some big catches. Mm-hmm. He had that one against Denver last week. Um, Demario Douglas actually is a six-round rookie, has been pretty nice. He made a couple big plays against the Bills earlier on. Douglas, by the way, if, just for comparison, I, I know Diggs has had a tough month, so I'm kind of picking on him here, but in the last six weeks, Douglas has more receiving yards than Stephon Diggs, and he's played two fewer games. Again, that's Diggs is not a high bar to compare to here, but Douglas has been good. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. Sne- uh, he did, Joe just had sneaky starts and said, sorry, I will have three dog Thursday for you. Man, some close games last week. I'll tell you how I did and look ahead to week 17 in the NFL. Joe, you just mentioned the name Jair Alexander. You've seen this story, obviously. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) It's It's incredible. Yeah. I've never, as I tweeted yesterday, you stick around long enough and... You see something you never even thought about. Like, it's not even something you never thought you'd see. Well, I, yeah, I never thought about it. Like, what in the world? So here's the story. So apparently, last week when the Green Bay Packers played at the Carolina Panthers, 
the captains go out for the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen video of this. I just know what how it was described. Jair Alexander, who's from Charlotte, playing in his hometown, but for the Packers, who's not a captain on the Packers, apparently ran out, walked out, whatever, into the coin toss area at the middle of the field while the coin was being tossed or very close to that point. And because he thought it would be funny and he thought it'd be cool because he's from Charlotte to do that. And he called the, to- he, the, the toss was called and they won. And then he told the ref, we want to play defense. He didn't say we want to defer. Right. Right. He said, we want to play defense. Now, Here's how it works, because I know I get this a lot sometimes. People might be confused on your options. So when you win the toss, you can either kick or receive or defend a goal. Whatever you choose doesn't matter, but the team, the other team gets to choose in the second half. Unless you say, we want to defer our choice to the second half. So let's play this out. If you say, we want to play defense, meaning we want to kick... Mm-hmm. guess what? The other team gets their choice in the second half and says we're receiving, which means you're kicking two halves in a row. If you say we want to defend a goal, the other team's going to say fine, we'll take the ball. Because in the second half, they also get their choice and they're going to take the ball. So what you need to do if you want to start on defense is say, we defer. We defer our choice to the second half. You do what you want to do now, but we're going to take the ball in the second half. He didn't do that. He said we want to play defense. Essentially meaning we're going to kick off here and then you could choose in the second half and you're going to also receive. Well, Obviously, that's not what you want. The mm-hmm. officials kind of corrected him. Are you sure? I don't know how this went down. Eventually, it turned out okay for the Packers, but they were livid enough to, and Matt LaFleur was upset enough to say, we're suspending you for a game. Conduct detrimental to the team. He thought it was funny. He thought he didn't understand the gravity of it. He's in the locker room after like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't know. I want to start on defense. I say kick. Well, some reporter told him, yeah, but that's, you're giving them the ball twice then. Once to start the game and once in the second half. And he had no idea about this. Because why would he if he's not a captain and goes out for the coin toss, Joe? Right. And if you're someone like me that plays Madden, for instance, Madden isn't, doesn't operate that way. You win the coin toss, you pick kick or defend. And it is assumed mm-hmm. that obviously if you want defend, you don't want to defend the second half also. So if you pick defend, then you get you get the ball back in the second half. I'm I'm positive that's what he thought. I mean, he kind of said it, right? Like, that that would be the case. Also, the tone of his voice in that post-game press conference, or a scrum, where he's kind of explaining what happened, he strikes me as someone reading there, or listening there, that would have been approached by coaches, maybe after the game, about what happened, and not really been willing to take accountability for it. And I wonder how much that contributed to. Because I can't imagine, you know, star player especially, you know, he he does what he did. Made a mistake, and coaches approach him about it after the game, and he goes, you know what, you're right. Like, my bad, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it again. That's on me. Like, if he, if he took accountability for it, would something have happened? Maybe something still would have, but I doubt it. I bet you for sure that that guy was like, what are you guys talking about? Not a big deal? Just, like, arguing maybe about it? Like, I don't know. Not seeing the, the harm in it that it could cause? Um, you know, I'm not willing to give him... I'm not one that needs to give him the benefit of the doubt, too, because he's he's someone that on the field has kind of acted that way, too. Right? He got into a digs on certain stuff last year where, like, he claimed... Maybe I just don't like the guy. He he claimed after Diggs went off against the Packers that, like, he won the battle, but they lost the game just... 
I don't know. The guy rubs me the wrong way a little bit, I guess. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a talker for sure. Hey, let's get to three dog Thursday. Before I do that, last week, Joe, I went one and two. Here are the Here's the one I won. The Steelers. I said Steelers are going to play well. Their backs are against well. It's a Mike Tomlin special game, right? You know, yeah. I feel about Tomlin, right? Those are the games, and they did against the Cincinnati Bengals. I had the Cowboys plus a point and a half, Joe. They lost by two to the Dolphins. <laughs> I thought they'd win the game, though. Yeah. And then I had the Vikings plus three and a half. They wound up losing the game by six points to the Detroit Lions at the end. So one in uh, two last week. Let's get to this weekend's games. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to start off with a team that's playing hot, playing inspired football right now, and actually still has a chance at their own division, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders. They're getting three and a half points against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. I love what Shane Steichen has done in India. I think he deserves like consideration for coach of the year. But the fact is, I think they've been playing over their head a lot this year, and it's kind of come back to earth a little bit as of late. They lost at the Falcons. They go up on them 7-0, and then the Falcons storm back 29-10. They lose two weeks ago. They lose to the Bengals 34-14. They beat the Steelers in between there. I get it. But this is a team with Gardner Minshew, who's doing a nice job managing the game, has some times where he looks pretty good. But overall, they're just not quite you know, the level of team I think that we've seen sometimes this year and how they played, give them credit. But I think the Raiders here are just playing too good a football. They're playing inspired football. They want to win for this coach, Antonio Pierce. And really, I mean, the last two weeks, you know, 63-21, to 20-14 at Kansas City on Christmas. I'm going to take the Raiders to continue to play inspired football. And what helps them here, Joe, is they play at 1 o'clock. The Chiefs don't play until 425 the Raiders know Mm -hmm. that if they win you know they can stay alive they don't have to do any scoreboard watching they're just going to go out and try and do what they have to do I'll take the Raiders plus three and a half speaking of the Bengals and Chiefs Bengals getting seven and a half at Kansas City I'm going to take them but Joe this is way more about the Chiefs I think we all know the Chiefs just aren't the same team right now they're they are discombobulated they're not good on offense A lot of things going wrong. In fact, how about this stat? This is the Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about, folks. They have scored over 21 points in only two of their last eight games. The Kansas City Chiefs. Something's wrong there in Kansas City. Now, I don't love Cincinnati right now. I do think there's enough film now on Jake Browning where teams like the Steelers last week are like, all right, we can kind of figure this guy out. And I don't think they have Jamar Chase here in this game either. So that's going to hurt them for sure. But they do have Lou Anarumo. And they have played the Kansas City Chiefs very tough and beaten them. They are kind of like Kansas City's kryptonite. And they're getting seven and a half points. I think that's quite a bit against the Chiefs team that has trouble scoring right now. So I'll take the seven and a half points. I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead. It's not Burrowhead. Maybe it's Browning. (laughs) Maybe it's Browning (laughs) at this time when they go to Kansas City. So I'll take Kansas City. I'm sorry, uh, Cincinnati plus seven and a half at Kansas City. Last one was tough for me, but there was a game just kind of staring at me, and I took it. It's going to be the Titans. Yeah, I know they're playing out the string. Plus five and a half they're getting at the Houston Texans, and I know the Texans are probably getting C.J. Stroud back. So this game could go very much off the rails for me, but Joe, it's the AFC South. What? What? When does that happen? It's just basically always a tight game, always close games. And the Titans, honestly, they're still playing for their coach. They're playing for Vrabel, and they're close. They play a lot of close games. In fact, the Tennessee Titans last four games, I know they're one and three, decided by three points, one point, three points, three points. 
They're playing a Houston Texans team that, with a rookie quarterback, trying to get to the finish line here, it hasn't been all that even, even when he's played this year. So I think the Titans can keep this game close. I don't know if they're going to win in Houston. They blew it against the uh, Texans a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to take the Titans. That's a large number for me in an AFC South matchup. I'm going to take the Titans plus 5.5 against the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals plus 7.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to take the Raiders plus 3.5 against the Colts. All AFC games here. I don't know. It's it's kind of random how that happened, Mm -hmm. but that's where I'm going. What do you think? All right. I like the Raiders pick. The Raiders have actually had a pretty solid defense for a lot of the year, and I do not trust the Colts. I don't think they do anything right. I will say very quickly, though, Get, or not, they don't do a lot of things right. I don't think they have many star players at all. Like, who's their elite player? What's their elite position group? They're just kind of okay at everything. And I think Shane Steichen maybe should get. I mean, I think he might be the favorite, but he should be getting some coach of the year love. I think if they make it. But I like the Raiders pick. The Titans and the Texans. They could go either way. I do feel like I could see the the Texans just running away with it. They have been capable of blowing teams out this year, but, you know, does Stroud just come right back in after a couple of weeks off and look that way? Remember, no Tank Dell. So, don't mind that pick. And then, I definitely like Bengals over Chiefs. That's my favorite of of the three. Not to win the game, but to cover the spread. Um, It's a big spread. The Bengals have played close games. I don't think you can trust the Chiefs with a seven-point spread against maybe anybody. And... I don't think the Bengals are that good. I don't think their defense is that great. Um, they have the weapons, though, and Browning has been competent enough to where I, I could totally see them covering that seven-point spread, seven and a half. We'll see what happens in these games. I mean, a lot can happen here in Week 17 in the NFL. We'll come back. We'll wrap up your Thursday here on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, thanks for being with us. Sean McDermott tomorrow for his Friday weekly radio appearance. The Bills will have a practice in a little while at One Bills Drive out in the uh, uh, in the uh, practice facility and then in the, in the I'm saying outside the AdPro Sports Training Center. And then they'll give us an injury update later today. So we'll wrap up your Thursday, like I said, here after this time out on WGR. Salvaccio, Sneaky, Joe DiBiase. Big week in the NFL this week. Week 17 is upon us tonight. You have the New York Jets hosting, I'm sorry, New York Jets traveling to the Cleveland Browns. Joe, do you know that that was the first ever Monday night football game? Yes. Yes, I did know that. Um, And here it is on a Thursday night. Completely. (laughs) How far uh, the game has grown. We're on Amazon (laughs) Prime now. That's right. And then Saturday night is actually Monday night football this week. So there's no Monday night football game this week. My guess is, Joe, I could be wrong on this. Let me check real quick. Is there, does the college football playoff play on Monday night this coming week? I think they do, right? They do, yes. Maybe not. Yes, they do. Okay, okay. That's why uh, the, I would say that the NFL is not playing Monday night this week. Wait, I don't see the games, though. Is there a con? Maybe. I thought I've seen sure. ESPN promoting it all week. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I got to look at the schedule. I think that might be why I could be totally wrong here. Because last year, remember, this was the week the Bills played the Bengals on Monday Night Football. 
So it's not like they have some sort of policy on week 17 not playing Monday Night Football. It was this coming yeah. week where that happened last year. But this year they've moved the Monday Night game to Saturday night. Lions-Cowboys. That's a big one, Lions-Cowboys. By the way, how about the Lions right now, Joe? And where they're standing in the stand- standings, mm-hmm. they currently sit. Obviously, they've won the division. They did that last week. They currently sit as the three seed in the NFC. If mm-hmm. it's if it stays where it is right now, it's Lions at Eagles. Like, may- well, no, no, wait, that wouldn't be the first round. They'd probably do that in the second round. What would it be? It would be oh, Lions Rams, Rams at Lions. Matthew Stafford yeah. going back to Detroit yes, would be that's awesome. Right. That's what I was looking at. The Lions though are still alive for the one seed. I mean, they're technically by record. They are. By record, they are oh. tied. Um, so they have a look at it, but they're going to need. I mean, Washington beating San Francisco feels like a haul to expect. I know Brissett's going in. Um, you probably are going to need the Rams to do them a favor and beat yeah. the Niners in Week 18. And I think is that all they need? They they would need the Eagles to drop one as well, and they go Arizona. And New York, mm. the Giants. So, you know, not not looking all that likely, but they still have a shot at it. Um, and if the Lions, I mean, imagine them as the one seed. I mean, after the, the franchise uh, history that they've had. Although it might be fitting that a team that hasn't won, a, that's won one playoff game in like 60 years doesn't have to play a playoff game in the first round. The key is in the NFC, you want the five seed. Because then you go to Tampa to play in the first round. And I'm not trying to disrespect Tampa. I guess I am. Yeah. But I mean, like, they're eight and seven as a division winner, possibly, right now. They could be, last yeah. year, the division winner was below 500. It could, it could happen again. How much, well, it depends. How much easier do you see Tampa at this stage than the Rams or the Seahawks? I think they're definitely easier than the Rams. But if I can get the two, right. you know, I, I feel like I, what I'm doing if I get the two, which I, I see value in, is I'm playing a Seattle or a Minnesota or a Green Bay, and that's not too much different, I think, than Tampa. And at the same time, I am avoiding San Francisco until the NFC Championship game. So right now it would be Seattle at Philly, Rams at Detroit, Dallas at Tampa in the NFC. In the AFC, as of right now, lots displayed played out. It would be Indy at Miami. Don't let that happen. Miami would crush them, I think. Yeah. Buffalo at Kansas City. Cleveland at Jacksonville. I mean, that's why, like, you don't can, – can you get in the spot? There is a, a way the Bills can get the two and the Colts can get the seven, right? I saw you tweeting about that yeah. this morning. Yeah. The Bills actually can only get the uh, the two. They can't get the three or the four. Right. Um, so, but they can also have the five, six, or seven. They could. The five would would go away if the Browns win tonight. If the Browns win tonight, okay. they clinch. At le- they would either be the one, the two, or the five. Everything else for the Browns would be dead. And yes, they are still alive for the one. But yeah, the Bills would be shut out of the five if the Browns beat the Jets tonight. But they still could get the two, of course. I mean, a lot, a lot to be played here. Oh, I've heard a lot of people and, and read a lot of people kind of thinking about Pittsburgh and saying, well, Pittsburgh's the team. Watch out for Pittsburgh. I don't know why. I, I as what? Do you like think, a, is, like is Pittsburgh going to beat Seattle this week? They can. Yeah, they could. I don't know. I I but, still don't think I, they're traveling across the country. Seattle's still in it. They got a lot to play for. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. Like I've read people like they've tweeted me like, "Well, Pittsburgh's a team we got to watch out for here with the Bills." I don't know about that. I like to play against in the playoffs. No, like to steal a spot. To steal a spot? Yeah, I'm not. Really, I'm not really all that worried about it. And really, you know, to be fair, 
What would the Bills need to have happen? It's not just Pittsburgh. They would need Pittsburgh and another team to to knock them out. And that would almost certainly require losing to the Patriots, which I'm still not giving a lot of credence to. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Pittsburgh for that. And if we want to expand that to the playoffs, I'm certainly not worried about them in the playoffs. If anything, the best the Bills could do, in my opinion, would be playing a Mason Rudolph-led team in the playoffs. Oh, if the Bills were to somehow get the two seed and play at home against a wild card, yeah. Don't you root for Pittsburgh to be the seven? Yes, <laughs> I I would. Yeah, they and that could be right. They win a close, weird game against Seattle and Baltimore rests guys in week um, week eighteen because mm-hmm. they're they would have the one seed locked up at that point, and Cleveland be, and and uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh beat some backups, and now they come to Buffalo. Yeah, that that to me, I mean, what's the spread in that game? Are the Bills favored by, like, nine? Maybe not that much, but they'd be favored by a lot. If they're home against Pittsburgh in the playoffs? Yeah. Mm, probably seven, eight, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. Who who do, the, who do the Steelers go with then? Rudolph? They go back to Pickett? What do the Steelers do here? Oh, that's good. Um, They go to Pickett, I think. Well, man, if you don't go to Pickett, aren't you... Telling everybody that you don't think he's the franchise quarterback going forward? Because if you feel solidified that he's your guy of the future, you're putting him right back in. If you go with Mason Rudolph, then you're showing everybody that you have doubt in the starter. At least that you know a backup could play well enough to out- unseat him in only a couple of games. Because it would only be three games for Rudolph. That's right. I mean, the Patriots have done that with Mac Jones essentially already. Now, That's a new cool. regime could think differently. Someone comes in, Bill Belichick's gone. But as of right now, they've basically said, we've moved on from Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. I, no way he plays for them again. I, I'd be stunned, right? They'll, they'll draft a guy or... Uh, if it's not Belichick, I wouldn't discount that. If someone comes in and goes, I yeah. can get more out of this guy. Man, if it's not Belichick, though, and you got your if you get your pick of a, of a top mm-hmm. quarterback in the top five, like... I think that would be tough to pass on, but you're right. Like it could be different. If it's Belichick, it's certainly not going to be uh, Mac Jones. It's going to be like Russell Wilson. Did you see the re- report today that the Commanders really want Caleb Williams? They should really want Caleb Williams. Of course. Um, they better lose. Why are they going to Brissett then? I mean, they got Howell turning the ball over at will, and they're putting the guy in mm-hmm. there that is, you know, pretty pretty solid. It's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. Coaching changes. Uh, quarterback changes, but of course, in the immediate future, Week 17. Jets at the Browns tonight. It's going to kick off your Week 17. Bills, Patriots on Sunday. We will have Sean McDermott tomorrow on a Buffalo Football Friday here in WGR. Joe, you have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk tomorrow. Everybody else, Sabres Live is up next. One Bills Live after that. Show up at the Bulldog at 3 o'clock.